welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. The Thunder closed out its East Coast road trip on a high note with a win over Boston, and we're breaking down the collective effort and strong performances that led to that victory. Plus, we'll discuss what we've seen from Darius Baisley in this recent stretch of games and how he's improved over the course of the season. Let's get right to it. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Well, the Thunder closed out a East Coast back-to-back. I mean, it was a tough back-to-back. You start with Philly, and then the very next night, you're in Boston inside TD Garden, playing on that parquet floor and going up against a really good Boston team. But the Thunder came out on top. It was a back-and-forth battle, a low-scoring game, and Boston really did everything that they could down that stretch to win this game. And Gallo, it took a couple of plays by this Thunder group to really solidify this win. And so these are our two plays of the game. Gallo, I'll let you go first. Make your case for the play of the game in this game against Boston. Sometimes young teams need to learn how to slam the door. And that isn't necessarily running out the clock and playing the free throw game and all of that. Sometimes it's being assertive, it's being aggressive and putting the defense, putting the other team on its heels. And I thought Darius Baisley's dunk with about 38 seconds left to go in that game was the epitome of a team, a young team learning how to take charge in the clutch as opposed to just kind of milking a win uh, when they, when they had a lead It was a pretty harrowing play, Paris. The ball Mm -hmm. floated up there in the air for what felt like three or four minutes on that pass when Lou Dort was trying to break the Boston Celtics press. But Bays, he got himself into position. He kind of bullied his way to the spot, leapt up into the air. And instead, again, instead of collecting it and just trying to hold onto it in the corner, uh, in the the front court, he pushed the ball straight to the rim, went up for a one-handed dunk, That could have gone a lot of different ways, but he made sure that this Thunder team was trying to seal that win aggressively. And uh, that was really the theme, Paris, of my uh, story, my article after the game, which is running through the finish line. And and that's exactly what the Thunder did. Be sure to go check out that article that Nick wrote. It's on OKCThunder.com, and it really does a good job of laying out how this group was able to kind of put the nail in the coffin in this game. And Gallo, to your point, on that play – the previous two possessions were turnovers by the Thunder and they resulted in seven microwaved points for Boston to close this gap and make it an actual ball game with about less, less than a minute to go, like you're saying. And so for Darius to put up an emphatic play like that, not only, you know, extends the Thunder's lead, but it's a little demoralizing for Boston. Not only do you have to take the ball out of the basket, but that was a pretty exciting play by Darius that just kind of shifted the momentum when the Thunder needed it the most. Yeah, great job of learning from those previous situations. And they ended up actually breaking the press again in an even more emphatic way a little bit later. Paris, what is your uh, play from the game there in Boston that's your pick for this, this one? So it's not as razzle-dazzle as a dunk, but it was very, very critical and required a, a high level of fundamentals and attention to detail by Isaiah Roby. And so the Thunder, they were at the free throw line at this point in the game. Boston had just made a three-pointer. Jalen Brown made this crazy turnaround, fading out-of-bounds corner three-pointer to bring the game to three points. The Thunder had the ball, was looking to inbounds it, And Evan Fournier stole the inbounds pass and the Thunder fouled him. So Evan's at the free throw line. 
the Boston's down three points. And so anticipating that Boston might, you know, miss the second shot on purpose at the free throw line, the Thunder puts in Tony Bradley and Isaiah Roby to make sure that the glass is covered. As anticipated, Fournier makes the first one, misses the second one, and it was absolutely critical to grab and secure this rebound because, I mean, clearly Boston had just made a crazy shot the previous possession. So, I mean, the, the crazy shot momentum is just falling in Boston's favor at this point. So it's, it's really critical that you grab this rebound. Isaiah Roby has a phenomenal box, box out on Marcus Smart. Just keeps him completely out of any sort of opportunity. We know Marcus Smart. He is crafty. He, is, he would be the one to go in there and get that offensive rebound. But Roby keeps him completely off the glass, and then Boston's forced to foul. So I really loved that play by Isaiah. And just the – I keep going back to fundamentals, but it's, it's, it's a small thing, but a really, really big thing. Yeah, a couple of things. It's an amazing moment for this Thunder team, a young Thunder team, to truly seal a win and put the stamp on it. Great foresight by the coaching staff, Mark Dagnall, mm-hmm. to get those big guys in there. Great job by Isaiah to deal with the Energizer bunny of Marcus Smart and corral that ball while getting clobbered. He got hit pretty good. And then the most important thing, Paris, was going up to the line and knocking down both free throws. I remember that Isaiah started the season one for seven at the free throw line. And I believe it was on New Year's Eve. He comes back into the arena instead of, you know, going and celebrating New Year's Eve. He's back, back there on the floor taking free throws after the Thunder's loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. After that, he's been about an 80% free throw shooter through the rest of the season. And he, he hits uh, two big ones there to seal that win in Boston. I like what he said after the game where it's like, I shoot free throws every day. So when it comes to free throws, I like my chances. (laughs) (laughs) I love the confidence that he built from that. So those are your two plays of the game from this Boston game. We will let you decide. The Thunder plays again on Thursday and you will be able to go into the Thunder app before that game, go to the game day connection and find the podcast button. Click on it. Choose your favorite. Is it Darius Baisley's dunk with 40 seconds left? Or is it Isaiah Roby's box out to seal the deal? The choice is yours. As we mentioned, close game down there in Boston. Gallo, what is it about Boston and these close games for the Thunder? Because every time I've gone to Boston there has been a close game. Yeah, you're one for one, Paris, on that one. (laughs) Yeah, it it was hitting me that the last road game that you and I attended was in Boston on March 8th, 2020. Mm -hmm. It was the incredible come-from-behind victory that was uh, sparked by a steal by Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder on Kemba Walker in the backcourt. Dennis finishes a layup there uh, on the the point-off turnovers, and then Chris Paul stands up Jason Tatum on a post-up fadeaway jumper um, down on the right block. So that was, that was sensational. And, and how naive we were, Paris. You know, the, <laughs> the day before, we were rolling over to Neptune, Neptune Oyster in the uh-huh. north end. Had to go get some pastries from Mike's Pastry up there. And uh, I walked I think, the whole Freedom Trail the night yeah, before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you saw some uh, Revolutionary War reenactment, I think. So. Yep. And, and who knew that our, our whole world would be rocked about three days later uh, with the, the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that went down on March 11th. But that was uh, a special memory, uh, a defining moment of last season. This feels a little bit like a defining moment from a character mm-hmm. standpoint of this Thunder season as well. 
the losing streak that this team was on, it was just a, it's been a rough month. It's, there've been some close losses. There've been some blowouts. There have been injuries. There have been guys that have been unexpectedly missing from the lineup. Uh, there've been new opportunities for players as well. All of that coalesced into the second night of a back-to-back on the road against a playoff team, against a team that needed a win. They were coming in. Uh, Boston was coming in after a big loss to Charlotte too. And yet at every turn, the Thunder seemed to have more energy, more juice, more pop. They were the ones diving on the floor for the loose ball. They seemed like the rested team, not Boston. And I think that above all else to be able to pick themselves up off the mat once again was really a defining characteristic of what we've seen from this Thunder organization since they've been in OKC. Well, and really, that's the identity that this group has carried, even throughout that adversity-ridden stretch that they've been on, the losing streak that they've endured, and the you know the injuries that they've had to battle through. They've tried to stick really close to their identity and really reinforce what makes them who they are as a team. And that's what show that that's what kind of culminated in this game against Boston was it was a full collective effort on the offensive end and the defensive end as well. But it showed up in the box score on the offensive end for this group. All 10 players who touched the floor for the Thunder scored before halftime. And that's just an indication of just everybody working together, being on the same page. The ball was moving really well. The Thunder was hitting the paint and trying to generate shots either at the rim, at the free throw line, or kicking it out, find the three-point line for shooters. And that led to every single person getting involved on the offensive end. It was really playing to the style that Thunder head coach Mark Dagnall wants them to play to. Despite the turnovers, those are going to come with aggressiveness. He's talked about how he'd rather have some of those maybe sins of over-aggressiveness as opposed to the ones of timidness out there on the floor. They can learn from the, the ones where they're maybe going a little bit too fast or they're trying to make the right play and they don't quite have the angle. It's harder to learn when you're sitting back and just hoping nothing bad happens when you've got the ball. I thought it was fitting that, that they played some of their best kind of new brand of Thunder basketball that they're trying to implement back in Mark Dagnall's hometown. Uh, Grew up about 50 minutes, 50, 60 minutes away from the TD Garden. And um, that was really cool for Mark to get this win up there with some family and friends in, in stands. Lemonster, Massachusetts, right down the street from TD Garden. He told us after the game, he grew up, you know, Celtics fans. He and his family had spent some time in TD Garden growing up. And it was just really cool that, you know, not only were they able to, you know, come back and win this game on the second night of a back-to-back, do it in front of, you know, Mark's hometown crew, his family, his friends. It was a fun game to watch, too. I mean, there was a lot of energetic plays. There was some a nail-biting finish, obviously, but a lot of back and forth between these two groups. So I imagine it was fun for the Dagnall family, who said it was, it was the Super Bowl for the Dagnall family. I know we were having a good time down in our little bunker inside Chesapeake Energy yeah. Arena, so I can only imagine what it was like actually being in that arena, Paris. Absolutely. And I I imagine this group, it it has to be a little bit of a relief to, you know, see all of this work start to pay off. Coach Dagnall kind of talked about it a little bit after the game. You mentioned the aggressiveness that this group played with. To see all of the work that they've been putting in, in terms of playing aggressively, getting downhill, trying to get to the free throw line, trying to generate these points and seeing it all start to translate into the win column and seeing, you know, all of these things translate into net positives. You're starting to see the benefits of how the Thunder has been trying to play all season long and how it's starting to translate here in in the latter half of the season.
We talked about him off the very top of this podcast. Darius Baisley came up big for the Thunder inside of TD Garden and 13 points, particularly in that fourth quarter. What did you see from him, Nick, that stood out to you the most? He just played with so much force, Paris. The two most defining plays of that fourth quarter, besides the big dunk with 38 seconds to go, were back-to-back possessions where Bays Mm. attacked headlong down the middle of the lane. He accepted the contact, put the ball up off the rim, and yet, despite getting kind of knocked back, he was the first guy back up off the floor to put back his own miss. That earned huge explosions off the Thunder bench. He was able to flex a little bit on Boston. Those Celtics defenders, as I wrote, look kind of like bystanders out there with Bays playing with so much force, playing with so much downhill energy. He just seemed to kind of bully uh, a couple of those Celtics guys that were trying to confront him at the rim. And that's just something that we are continuing to see more of from Bays. He's had to grow into that. He's had to understand and learn how strong he is, how quick he is, how agile he is. Those things are not just easy to come by as soon as you walk into the NBA when you haven't even played college basketball. And so it's great to see Bayes kind of coming into his own body. Yeah. And that performance wasn't just a one-off thing for Darius. This is something we've been seeing from him, particularly since he returned from missing those 16 games over the past five games, just a few stats for you. Darius is averaging 21.4 points, shooting 43% from the field. And he's had four 20 point games in the past five games, and he's only had 11 of them throughout his two seasons in the NBA. Nick, Coach Dadnall has talked so much about how since he's come back from injury, he's kind of played with a lot more force and aggression, and we're seeing a little bit more sharpness to him when he's attacking the rim, and especially in this game against Boston. You mentioned those two plays, the critical plays in the fourth quarter. He was just relentless around the glass. He missed his first shot, but then he stayed with it. He kept, you know, he showed a lot of strength around the rim against those Boston defenders and was able to get the ball back up and finish when the team needed it the most. And I think that one thing that we sometimes forget with Bayes because he burst so much onto the scene at the end of last season feels like we've known him kind of for a while now with how long and drawn out <laughs> the last 18 months have been, but the guy is so young he was the 23rd pick in the draft Mm. and yet he this season despite a lot of the games that he's missed he's in the top five Paris among players 21 years and younger in total points scored and I think that says something about just kind of the state of where he is as a player that's the state of where the NBA is going that obviously youth is being valued and prized and yet here's a guy like Darius Baisley who maybe has not was not as efficient earlier in the season as he is right now, not playing with as much force earlier in the season as he is right now. But this guy has been consistently getting those opportunities Mm -hmm. to actually be able to get better throughout the course of the season. He had so much film to look at when he was sitting out with that shoulder injury that he was able to learn and understand, hey, here are these moments that I can pop. Here are these moments that I can actually play a little bit of bully ball. And and I thought that was really encouraging to see. And just as we step back in, in the big picture, we're going to look at Darius Baisley when he started with this team mm-hmm. back in the summer of 2019 to now. And it's remarkable how far he's come in two seasons. 
It's the story of really every single player on this Thunder roster, right? This season, particularly they are, there's, it's just a wide swath of opportunity that everybody has been able to get. And I look at Darius and I think of this stretch where the Thunder's been without Shea Gildas Alexander, their primary closer, their primary ball handler, their go-to guy in these sort of situations. And Darius down the stretch had this chance to be that closer, to be that go-to guy on the offensive end. And we also saw him, you know, hustling, diving on the floor for loose balls as well. That's just another stepping stone, another feather in his cap that he can add into his overall game in, in this league. And, and that, I just think that's such a critical thing that these are such – these opportunities are so far and few between to be able to have – you know, the scoring ability and also be presented with the opportunity to express those scoring abilities in an actual game situation like the Thunder was in in Boston. So I think that was a really cool step forward for Darius in that game as well. Just love seeing his assertiveness and making quick decisions with the ball. Mm -hmm. It's been a revelation to see. It's been a rough stretch. We've lost some close ones. We've lost some blowouts. Uh, we've had some games where things haven't broken our way. And I just give them so much credit for the way that we bounce back up, dust ourselves off, pull together. You know, it, it's really pretty impressive. I was talking to Sam the other night on the plane. It was a few games ago, and he asked me the question, who are you gaining respect for from a character standpoint during this time? And the list was long. You know, and, and that's what I'll say about this team is that right there was a tough stretch and it was a character test. And like I said the other night, it's an opportunity to show who we are through the adversity. And, you know, I came away incredibly impressed with not only our players, but a lot of people in our organization, you know, enduring that and thriving through that, despite the outcomes not being what we wanted them to be. Here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. It's been a while since we've had the main thing, Gallo, but it's suited, it's it's perfect for this moment because Coach Dagnall has often learned a lot about a group by how they handle adversity. And the Thunder has had their fair share of adversity and trials over this past stretch. And so I want to know what are some of your takeaways? What's your biggest takeaway from this group? What have you learned about them and how they have been able to handle this stretch of adversity? There's sort of the saying about staying in the boat in the NBA and it's the guys in the course of this season who they come to the arena and they bring the same mood the same attitude the same environment uh kind of surrounds them and I think we've seen so many of these Thunder players arrive at the arena each night despite losing despite um, some of these results not coming their way with the attitude that if they keep investing in what they're they're trying to build, they're going to be rewarded by it. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that we haven't seen any fracturing or splintering, that should be a cause for celebration for just uh, the security of this Thunder culture and, and the way that they're trying to build this thing. So I would say Paris just staying in the boat. I like that a lot. And I think that speaks to just kind of the culture that this organization has set from the very, very start. And it kind of plays in a little bit to my biggest takeaway. And it goes around kind of celebrating those small behind the scenes wins that Coach Dagnold has talked about. And mine is how this group has been able to stay rooted and grounded in their identity, regardless of what the score, what the scoreboard is in that game. And one shining example of that was against Philly. Ty Jerome, he was one point shy of a career high in that game. And a lot of his production came in the second half 
when the Thunder was down by 20, 25, 30 points. And that's just a testament to regardless of what the scoreboard is, we can still reinforce and establish our identity. That means playing together. That means competing really, really hard, moving the ball, hunting paint touches. Those are the things that you can reinforce regardless of what the circumstance in the game might be. And I think the Thunder Thunder did a fantastic job of that. And when you do that, it only helps you in the games where, you know, it's tight like you are against Boston and you start to see that identity shine through because you've been practicing it for so long up to that point. When you have a habit of sprinting through the finish line, you can actually then do it when it comes time to win. Exactly. Exactly. Well said, Gallo. Before we sign off on this podcast, we have something that we want to bless your timeline with. And our timeline was blessed by Ty Jerome, who in the Philly game, we saw him post game kind of chatting with George Hill. And we learned after the game, he pulled a jersey out of his backpack and it was George Hill's jersey that was signed by George. And it was just a really cool moment to see those two and kind of the connection that they had built in their short time together with the Thunder. And I think about it and I think about George Hill and his, you know, wealth of knowledge as a point guard in this league and the young budding Ty Jerome who seems to have so much potential. He's such a high basketball IQ player. And I, I just imagine the way that those two were able to connect during their time here with the Thunder, just Ty learning from George. And I imagine it was really cool moment for Ty to have that sort of connection with him after that game. Yeah, Paris, this moment kind of made me think big picture about just the Thunder experience over the last 13 years and the ways in which these players connect with one another over the course of time and how as people who are embedded with the team and cover the team as fans who are enjoying the team we all should just continue to be grateful for the time that we have with each of these players, regardless of how long that they're here. Didn't necessarily have to be George Hill or Ty Jerome. That was less of um, my focus when I was thinking about this. It was more about just the ways in which we appreciate some of these connections that players are making with one another, appreciating the fact that each player that comes through the Thunder organization leaves some sort of imprint on it. Maybe it's something very substantial that's obvious that's seen out in the world. Maybe it's wins. Maybe it's, you know, um, records. Perhaps it's just relationships that they've been able to foster. Perhaps it's a little bit of nugget or, or kernels of NBA truths that they're able to impart to another player on the team. Um, and so I think those are things that as we observe the thunder moving forward, particularly as this team continues to try to, to build up this new foundation of where it hopes to go. I think we should all just be appreciative of what we're seeing of each player that comes through and what they've contributed, big or small, to this organization. A lot of hands have had a part in building what we see now and what goes into what we see when we look at that Thunder logo. That's a really good reminder, Gallo. I like, I like that perspective. We'll keep that in mind moving forward. That's all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producer. And until next time, Thunder up and catch you later. <laughs>